Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello. I'm John Patrick Higgins. And these are my strange stories. Why not relax, kick off your shoes, and enjoy the peculiar worlds inside my head. Inside John Patrick Higgins. The Pint of No Return I was drinking with my two oldest friends, Scott and Brendan. Scott I had known since college. He was the most enthusiastic man I had ever met in that he had many, many interests. Brendan I had known even longer. He was whatever the opposite of an enthusiast was. Brendan liked only two things the Beatles, and particle physics. Everything else was beneath his consideration and existed only to be sneered at. He was a barren planet on an erratic orbit between twin stars, a celestial ping-pong ball. Brenda and I may have had something in common when we were younger, but I couldn't remember what it was. We were now friends only because we had always been friends. I wasn't even sure we liked each other, But we were friends, so liking one another was a minor detail. Brendan sat bent over the pub table, scowling at his pint, and occasionally flipping a beer mat in the air and catching it, with the tenacity of a dog that had developed opposable thumbs. I could feel the vibration of his feet tapping under the table. He had a lot of nervous energy, his body permanently vibrating. Brendan had once been a very beautiful man with dark hair, pale skin and large blue eyes framed by long lashes. His mother had doted on him as a child and as an adult women and men had exhaled involuntarily in his wake. Eyelashes had been battered him so furiously and for so long that he had a permanent quiff. But a short-lived ill-advised marriage had done nothing for his temper and a penchant for drinking and fighting had coarsened and swollen his face, ravaged his teeth, and obliterated his address book. The beautiful eyes were now hidden behind heavily framed glasses, and the dark hair was thinning, greying and unwashed beneath an equally greasy baseball cap. 
None of these vicissitudes had dampened his self-regard. He still imagined himself a ladies' man and was confounded and hurt when his attentions were resisted, which would lead to long nights of poisonous trolling on the internet until he passed out, glass in hand. Scott had none of Brendan's natural advantages. He had been a skinny boy with lank blonde hair, a large red nose that seemed permanently wet at the nostril, and teeth that overlapped like a garden trellis. He had been severely bullied as a child, and as a consequence had stayed in his house reading comics and playing with his computer. This had stood him in good stead, and now he owned his own computer business and was doing very nicely. He also had, miraculously, grown into his looks, and perhaps more miraculously, retained his hair. His teeth were very straight, very white, and very new. He no longer drank beer and favoured a gin and slimline. He sat in a coat that cost a month's rent, and talked about the Japanese television series The Water Margin, which he had been watching again. He had enjoyed it, but as Brendan pointed out, he enjoyed everything. Scott smiled, and it was like someone had opened a fridge door. I began to think about friendship. Male friendship, which is the worst kind of friendship. What are our friends for? Why do we have them? What function do they serve? I sat there with these two men while they squabbled and blustered, and my eyes drifted around the room. I would have preferred to be at any other table in the bar. Over there, two beautiful student girls were chatting. One of them was wearing dungarees and a cardigan. There were badges on it, and I wondered what they said. That could be a conversation starter, couldn't it? There was a chap in big round specs tapping at a laptop. Maybe he was trying to write a book like I was trying to write a book. We could have swapped tips. Maybe he'd have liked the idea of a vampire hypnotist. No, I'd probably have to build up to mentioning that. Develop some trust between us first. You couldn't go in cold with a vampire hypnotist. I looked at the server. When I was in this pokey little bar with these two friends, I looked at the server a lot. Brendan and Scott would call her a barmaid, but I knew that the preferred nomenclature nowadays is server. Yeah, you like that, don't you? said Brendan. I like what? You like her being a server, don't you? It's only one etymological mince away from being a servant, isn't it? You'd love that. Your lot do. Oh yeah, I forgot. There were elements of class war enshrined in my relationship with Brendan. His parents were Irish immigrants and lived in a slightly rougher part of town. Given the town we were from, I suggested to him that this was like one pig telling another pig that there was a better quality of shit in his part of the sty. But Brendan told me I had betrayed myself in calling the working class pigs. I pointed out that I had nothing growing up, whereas he had all the latest games and action figures and bikes. Yeah, the working classes don't know how to budget, do they? They spend all the money on gadgets and gigaws because they like bright shiny things and don't know any better. I bet you hate walking past an estate and seeing all those big plasma screens nailed to the walls, blaring out X-Fanta and quality period drama on ITV. And at this point, he had won the argument, as he knew I do hate those big tellies people attached to their walls. And then he sloped off to the toilet for a victory piss, and I was left to consider my privilege once again. 
What's wrong with barmaid, Burbo? said Scott, who had been paying closer attention to his phone than the court proceedings unfolding in front of him. They just prefer server, I said. Who? Barmaids. Fair enough. That's what they're happy with, then I'll go along with that. Right, yeah. Fair enough. No problem. It's because maid implies virginity. And obviously no barmaids are virgins. Brendan had returned from the toilets. He was still doing up his flies as he walked through the bar. There was a drop of piss blooming on his crotch. As he sat down, he emitted a short, high-pitched fart like a steam whistle, and the shadow of panic passed over his face. He recovered quickly, like a cat after a fright. Brendan was five pints in. This was the danger point, the pint of no return. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. After another drink, Scott would be making his excuses and I would be left to listen to Brendan's rambling and bitter tirade against women and then tasked with escorting the stumbling ingrate home. And he never said thank you. More than anything, that was what annoyed me. The contrarian arguments, the endless trolling on social media, the calling of taxis and ambulances, the apologies to taxi and ambulance drivers, all the long, tedious evenings listening to him slur his way through a Christmas list of my shortcomings. All of that would have been fine if he'd just apologised. If he had taken me to one side and said, Mate, I know I'm a bit of a handful, and I just want you to know that I appreciate all the things you've done for me. And then we could have an awkward, no-cocks-touching hug and never talk about it again. But it never happened. He didn't even remember half of it. And the bits he did remember, he imagined he was just being a lovable rogue. And I was just expected to put up with this behaviour based on the fact that we were always, immutably and forever, friends. And I did put up with it, because I had no other friends. The philosopher Sting once said, If you love somebody, set them free. Well, I was fairly certain I didn't love Brendan. 
My affection had long ago curdled into something more like acceptance or exhaustion. Experts tell you that you need to let go of toxic people in order to learn to love yourself. But that was where Brendan had me over a barrel. He knew that deep down, I wasn't that keen on myself either. Scott had no trouble with any of this. He was a blithe, frictionless man, never quite in the moment, his attention always somewhere else. I imagined he played a mean game of chess. He bought a last round of drinks and somehow managed to get table service from the server. She came over with the tray and Scott paid her with a large denomination note and advised her to keep the change without looking up from his phone. That's how you get table service. Brendan unashamedly stared at her cleavage throughout the transaction, but at least he didn't say anything. I oversmiled and overthanked and made far too much eye contact. I couldn't help it. In my feeble, middle-aged and lonely way, I was in love with her. Scott didn't notice. He had already called a taxi using an app on his phone. It was mildly disconcerting going for a drink with someone who never took their coat off, but it was pleasant enough company when he actually engaged with his environment. In a sense, we were both living virtual lives, but at least his was well paid. Brendan, of course, noticed my over-attentive display. Like all true misogynists, he had an extraordinary antennae for the finer feelings in the breast of his fellow man, and a commensurate level of scorn. Chucky's in love, he said. What's this? said Scott. Who's in love? Brendan's being hilarious again, I said. At least I can be when I want to be, said Brendan, when it is required. Our boy here has got a thing for that server. Look at him, all dried teeth and wet palms. Go and ask her out. She's an art history student. Maybe she could do some restoration work. She was an art history student. I wasn't sure how Brendan knew this. Her name was Cat. She was 22 and she was thin, with big eyes and big hair. She had gaps between her teeth and she dressed like a bandit queen in a low-budget science fiction film. My infatuation brimmed over like boiling milk whenever she came near me. It had spilled in front of Brendan now, hissing. Sometimes I would come into the bar early intending to do some writing and it would be just Cat and I. And we'd say hello and I'd find a seat and pretend to write while she went about the place with the cloth, cleaning the tables. And when she'd get to my table, she'd ask me how the book was going and I'd tell her and she would look genuinely interested. And she would joke that I could sign a copy for her when I was famous and I'd say he'll be famous long before me and we both agree that that was probably correct. Then she'd go back behind the bar and I would actually do some work instead of pretending to. On one occasion, I recklessly sat at the bar and we had quite a long chat about art until her boyfriend came in. He was about six foot four and in a band. Handsome, if you like that sort of thing, and she clearly did. Who's in a band nowadays? Who wants bands? Why couldn't he do something useful like pull some plastic out the sea or give mouth to mouth to a dying bee? The planet's on its arse, mate, and you're fucking about in a band. I don't mind. I'll be dead by the time it all goes properly to shit, but you and your children will be sailing the swollen seas in a coracle made of human skin and drinking each other's wee, and not for pleasure either, though he looks the type. He's in a band. 
I'm sure his achingly tender love songs will be of tremendous comfort when she's sold to the highest bidder by a pirate with a necklace of human ears. Guys, I'm going to chip, said Scott, rising and slipping his phone into his pocket in one smooth gesture, as though he were practising Tai Chi. A taxi beat for him in the street outside and he gave it a practised wave. Where do you think you're going? said Brendan. Have another one. Don't be a prick. Sorry, lad, said Scott, not even considering it. Go on. Paul's going to ask the barmaid server out. Really? said Scott. Obviously not, I said. Scott popped his collar and left without looking back. The opening and shutting of the door sent a sudden arctic blast through the bar. He's a wanker, said Brendan, draining his glass. Couple more. His face had taken on an oily glow. Beer suds collected at the corners of his mouth like alluvial silt. His eyes were small, red, glassy, and staring at a fixed point which was five inches to the left of my head. I made a quick calculation. Things were about to get louder and fightier. If I refused him a pint, there would be consequences. If he went to the bar, there would be consequences. If I attempted to leave, there would be consequences. I chose the lesser of three evils. I'll get these, Brandy, I said. You are a gentleman, he said. You posh prick. I went to the bar. Is he all right? said Cat, before taking my order. Yeah, he's fine. Only he's not normally all right. Normally he's a bloody nuisance. I've had to chuck him out of here before. She was perturbed. She bit her lip. I saw a flash of white, uneven teeth. She looked like Whistler's portrait of Lady Muir, but with fewer clothes on. This was the only place in the world I wanted to be. He's fine, I said. He's just had a few. She looked at me doubtfully. So you're buying him another one, are you? I smiled and she tutted and poured two more pints. How do you know him anyway, she said, taking my money. He seemed like quite different people. This was the closest thing I'd had to a compliment in about three years, and it was from Cat. I beamed. Oh, he's just a mate. I've known him for years. feel like I've always known him. Can't shake him off. Like a cold sore, she said. I haven't got herpes, I said abruptly. Her eyes widened. They really were very big eyes. Glad to hear it. Complex or simplex? I headed back to the table to die quietly there. I haven't got herpes. Why not fish an AIDS test out of your wallet while you're there? Brendan was leaning back in his chair, arms folded, eyes closed. The sound of glass hitting table nudged him into consciousness. You should, you know, he said. What? Ask her out. Yeah, I just told her I didn't have herpes. Complex or simplex? Both. Good. Good start. Clean better health. That's what they're like now. Ask her. I could be her dad. Doubtful, said Brendan, drawing steadily on his pint. Now I could be her dad. Oh yes, I was quite the ladies' man back in the day, but you? Unlikely. These days, though, I mean, you've got your own place, you're solvent, you wear colourful socks and that. Maybe she's into that. 
She has a boyfriend. A lot of them do. A lot of them do. Doesn't mean nothing. I could tell you some stories. You have, frequently. I'm going for a piss. I could tell you some stories, he shouted at my back. I didn't turn around. The toilets were cold and small. There was condensation on the windows and it dripped down the chipped green tiles, making them clammy to the touch. The trough was a basic stainless steel model that buckled and groaned with the temperature change as my steaming piss hit it. I relaxed and let out a fart. It's been happening a lot lately. I chased a piece of toilet cake towards the drain with my foaming effluent, the noise impressively redolent of sustained pressure. The prostate was good for a few years yet. There was no graffiti to read which surprised me. Nowadays I cannot go through bodily functions, bathing, shitting, brushing my teeth, without reading something. It's boring to be tied to this tyranny of physicality. Why can't we just be, instead of constantly having to push stuff into us and then squeeze it all out again, ruined? The giant sea cucumber eats with its anus. Why not? Cut out the middleman, that's what I say. So I like to read when I'm going through the digestive rote. I can usually make it through a restaurant meal or a date without surreptitiously squinting at my phone, but not always. As the power was draining from my flow, I heard a commotion. There was a loud crash, splintering glass and raised voices. Brendan. I tried to shake off the last of the piss, but it kept coming in useless little dribbles. The noise was getting worse. Come on. Christ, what had he done now? I decided to risk it and returned my penis to my trousers. An immediate warm slick ran down my left thigh. I didn't get to wash my hands. Once again, my association with Brendan had led to a lowering of my personal standards. He was on the floor, leaning back on one hand with the other one raised over his head to fend off assault. In front of him stood Cat, who was attempting to separate Brendan from the man with the glasses and the laptop. The laptop was on the floor, and the man's table was on its side. Brendan's cattle jeans were tiger-striped with either spilled beer or urine. In the past, he would have tried to fight the man, but the fight was gone from him. He looked frightened and confused. He flinched as I picked him up by the shoulders until he saw that it was me. Tell him, Paul. Explain. I was going to talk to the barmaid. Ask her out for you. What? said Cat. He's drunk. Get him out of here. Of course. And don't you come back either. Right. What about my laptop? said the specky man. And my beer? Fucking hell, said Cat. I can do you a beer, right? I can't help with your computer, okay? He stood there. He had no idea what to do. He wasn't a habitual bar brawler. I got Brendan back to my flat, whereupon he produced a bottle of red wine from somewhere with a flourish of a stage magician. He was asleep on my sofa before he'd finished the first glass. I threw a blanket over him and poured a glass of wine for myself and sat in the semi-darkness, listening to the rumble of the traffic outside. Three quarters of the way through the bottle it began to rain. A sudden, heavy squall. I got up and looked at the empty, wet street outside.
Thanks for looking after me, Paul, Brendan had said, seconds before losing consciousness. That's all right, mate. It was the first time he'd ever thanked me for anything, and I was surprised at how much it moved me. Sudden, stinging tears filled my eyes. I mean it, he said, starting to trail off. You're my least embarrassing mate. Inside John Patrick Higgins was brought to you by the colour blue and the letter G. Written and performed by John Patrick Higgins, it was produced and edited by Graham Watson. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.